Do you find yourself running out of time to accomplish your work? Are you spending time doing things that you're not that good at? There are effective ways to outsource these tasks so you can focus on your business. This is the Virtual Success Show. We bring the inside scoop on outsourcing success for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. And now, here are your hosts, Matt Malouf and Barbara Turley. Hey everyone, and welcome back again to the Virtual Success Show, where I'm joined by my co-host Matt Malouf. Matt, how's it going? Excellent, Barb. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. How's your week been? The week's been great. It's been it's been busy, but it's been really, really good and having great conversations with many entrepreneurs out there at the moment. So it's a, it's a really exciting time for business owners and entrepreneurs at the moment. Yeah, and how about your your book is starting to fly off the shelves, the stop doing list? <laughs> It is, it is, and we've recorded the uh, the audible version, so that should be coming out in the next little bit, so very, very exciting. Brilliant, brilliant. Well, listen, on today's show, we've got a very interesting guest uh, to talk about um, client feedback and a survey that he did f- uh, with clients that are using or have used virtual assistants in the past. So my guest today, or our guest today, is Gordon Jenkins, who's actually called The Visible Guy. So Gordon, welcome to the show. Welcome. Good morning, Barbara. Good morning, Matt. How are you? Good. Good, Thank you. So Gordon, just to kick off, can you just give us, you know, The Visible Guy? Talk talk to us about, you know, who is The Visible Guy? What does The Visible Guy do? Sure. So um, a quick snapshot. The Visible Guy, in simple terms, we look at people and organizations and we look at what they are and then simply we go and tell the world what they actually do and the world is simply their marketplace so it could be just the people in melbourne or it could be we're going to take people globally and tell the world about exactly what they're doing we do it in a way that is um it's not talking about what's unique about the person or the organization but we look at what's the clear differentiations and it's as simple as that that's very interesting and so when you recently, just for the listeners, Gordon was asked, uh, he was a speaker at the Virtual Assistant, um, is it the Virtual Assistant Association Conference in, here in Australia? Yeah, here in Australia, yeah. Yeah, so um, you took a very unique approach, which kind of demonstrates, I guess, exactly what you do. I mean, you were speaking to a room full of virtual assistants, yeah. but you looked at, you sort of developed your talk and your um, session from feedback from the other side, which would be their clients or the client of yep. the virtual assistant. So talk us through, you started out with an amazing survey, actually, which I also yep. participated in. Sure. Um, talk us through the survey. Sure. Um, love to do that. So what I do and what the visible guy actually goes about and does is we, we look at client perception because at the end of the day, client perception is is your reality, whether you like it or not. The client's perception of who you are and what you are um, really determines the ambassadors, whether you got positive or negative ambassadors, and also the influencers. So what I did is I put out a global survey um, to my to my networks and to people's networks and asked for people that have either used or using virtual assistants and to get their feedback, exactly what they looked for. Um, and amazing, the response was amazing. I think you know one of the key factors that came out is I know it sounds a bit strange, but virtual assistants, what people, what clients want from virtual assistant, no matter where they are in the world or whatever sector they're in, is virtually the same. Um, and I'll give you a couple of examples on that. You know, we, we, asked the, we asked the clients about 
how do they communicate? And not surprisingly, that 77, 77% came back and said they want to use email to communicate. But we started asking questions about how how are they charged? And whilst a lot of the whilst a lot of the clients came back and said they're charged by the hour, what they much prefer to do is actually be charged on a retainer. And when I actually worked out the numbers between being charged on a retainer or being charged by an hour, the virtual assistant would actually make more money being charged charging the client on a retainer. So when you think about what the client wants, then that's what that's what you should give them. But the biggest question that came out, then we asked the clients about, um, you know, how likely would they be to recommend their virtual assistant to their network? And, you know, not surprisingly, the score came out um, around about eight out of 10, which you would expect. But the beauty of the survey was that we actually got some clients who said that their, their assistant is only two out of 10 or three out of 10. So then I went back, which was really interesting because you know that gave me the valid the the, the robustness of the survey. Um, so but then sorry, I went back. I just I, want to cut in for a second. So they would rate they rated their VA only two or three out of ten, but most of them said they would recommend that VA to others. Have I got that right? <laughs> no. So in terms of the question was how off, um, how likely are you to uh, recommend your VA? And they put two out of ten or three out of ten. Oh, I see. Right, yes, on, yeah. that, on that rating, and then. When I went back and then we asked another question, it's really important the way that these questions are asked so we don't get any emotional responses. We asked them three. We asked them a question was, what are the three top questions you want to know from your VA or your prospective VA? And the number one question that came back was, how do I integrate my virtual assistant into my business? And I thought that was a really powerful and interesting question. And when I presented at the virtual assistance conference, I asked the audience and I said, you know, how many of you, you know, what is the reason for people to use your, use your services? And they said, you know, because of our pricing, because we're professional, because we're dedicated with service, you know, the usual type of wording. And I turned around to them and I said, look, the number one question that's come back globally is how do I integrate a virtual assistant into my business? So and I asked them, so how do you do it? And the room went quiet. I said, now just think about the power of that. If your first page on your website was the question, how do I integrate you? How do I integrate into your business? And you answered that. Just think about how powerful and differential that question is. Yeah. Now, there's, there's three things that stand out for me um, from, what, from this survey. Um, so the first one, the, the very interesting one, is the when you say uh, how how likely are they to refer their VA or recommend their VA a two out of ten or a yep. three out of ten is very low, which yep. kind of, well is the essence of this show the virtual success show is because there are lots of VAs globally and there are lots of clients using VAs but there are hard there, there's a small number of people actually getting success with a VA and in turn probably VAs getting success therefore with clients. Mm. And a few things that I would uh, pick in here, and I'm, I know Matt's going to step in and probably back me up or sort of have some more to add here. But we go back to the first question, how do you prefer to communicate with a VA email, right? So I think that's a major, major problem. So that can cause like mm -hmm. a great VA with a client who really wants to get success. This can all fall down because there's no emails challenging in terms of VA client relationship. Um, and number two, as you say, this integration thing. So the client doesn't actually know how to integrate someone themselves, and they're hoping 
that a VA can teach them how to integrate or can come in and fix that problem. But neither side actually really knows how to do it. So therefore, I think that's probably why the success rates are actually low. Matt, I'm interested to hear your thoughts here. 100%. I mean, we talk about, I think it was one of the earlier shows that we did, Bob, around communication. And the beauty with technology these days is you can replicate an office environment in a virtual environment. Yeah. And so I just sort of think, would you prefer your staff, if they were in your office, to be emailing one another? Or would you prefer them to have a short conversation to understand what's expected and how to get something done? You know, would you call somebody into your office and go through something with them? Or would you send them an email? And it, it's it's amazing how many people in fact you know I, I was I was presenting last week and a gentleman wants to get started with a virtual assistant but he's like oh you know ideally I'd only like to speak to them once every one to two weeks and I'll communicate it uh, you know, via email and I'm like you you will fail it yeah, will fail 100% you'll fail yeah yeah you know and because because they're virtual virtual meaning their environment is not in your environment they're, they're somewhere else doesn't mean that communication um, to for effectiveness changes. So I, I think I find that um, yeah. find that quite amazing. That's it's absolutely that's absolutely that's absolutely fine. You know, we've all come from global organisations, and you know, and when I try to explain to the virtual assistant, the, you're right. The virtual there's no different to having a team based in Hong Kong, Manila, London, New York, Los Angeles. That's virtual. Yeah, and you would get on the phone and you'd have a weekly conference call. And th th these questions where people are saying, I'll only talk to them every couple of weeks. Well, you wouldn't do that with an employee. You, an employee would make them part of the team. The technology today enables us. It's not the driver. It enables the communication. enables the integration. Yeah. So you think when these people have got have given themselves two out of ten for the virtual assistant, is the problem the virtual assistant the person who has the problem, the manager, the person themselves, because they've not actually thought about what they want this person for. Yeah, they're not actually well, thinking about it, integrating it's so the interesting team. Because I actually I interpret that as they're giving themselves a two out of ten. Yeah, with regards to their effectiveness to to uh, integrate and manage a virtual assistant. And it just shows you know it's just so I'm, I'm if I want my car fixed and I go to the car mechanic. Okay, and if I want my teeth fixed and I go to the dentist. You seem to be that when we employ people, and this is what it is, we are actually employing people, we seem to be able to think we can do it all ourselves. Well, you know, I'm a great public speaker and I'm a great coach. I'm not that good. At, you know, when I want to employ people, I bring in the experts to help me. And if I want to bring in a virtual assistant, I look at their skill base, but I go to the experts to help me bring them in board. And they are part of, they are part of my team. No matter what organization I've worked on, whether I've had contractors, part-time people, volunteer people, the moment they step into my business – the part of my team. Absolutely. As you say, even if they're a volunteer or, or, or a, a student coming in for some work experience, they're still part of your team for that duration. And there seems to be that missing point. And I think, you know, that's it. You know, we can, I don't think we put all the blame on the, on the, on the employer, but we don't put all the blame on the employee either. But what we can tell when we get the great results and definitely when we look at the results of those being on the retainer, those virtual assistants being on the retainer, is when the businesses have actually integrated them into the business. Effectively, yeah. Now, I'm interested yeah. to know, was there any feedback from the virtual assistants at the event, how they would like to communicate? So they're probably just doing email because the client wants that. But do, did you get any insights from that? You may not have, I'm not sure. I, I think it tends to be um, 
the status quo. So, yeah, you know, in terms of this email, there's very few of them that, that said, you know, we have a weekly conference. There are people that use, and I think this is the size of the organizations as well. If it's if it tends to be a one or two person business, there tends to be a lot more organization than in a, in a larger in a larger business. The, the communication really wasn't about, um, there really wasn't any great news about how they communicate. I was really interested to see that, Everything is technology driven, and my biggest concern from that is there isn't that interaction. And we all know how um, email can have no emotion attached to it. Mm-hmm. And often, you know, for me, it takes me longer to write an email than it does to pick up the phone and have a conversation. So I think, from an efficiency perspective, I'd rather have. Yeah, and and Gordon, you know, just for the listeners, Gordon and I worked in the uh, in the financial services sector in investment banks and uh, this sort of area where we do we 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 every day we're interacting with global teams. So although Gordon and I were both in Australia, you know, we were interacting with people in Hong Kong, New York, London all the time every day. And as you would know, Gordon, you know, the morning meeting, it's like a massive yeah. huddle, where basically yeah. there's TV screens in the room. There might be. 30 or 40 people in a room, maybe 50 sometimes, there would be several TV screens on the wall with all the different offices dialing in. And everybody, it's like a big stand-up huddle. All the analysts get up and give their key points for the day. The traders give their points. And everybody's part of this whole communication thing. And this meet, the meeting in the morning is like the most important. If you're late for that meeting, it's really bad, isn't it? Because the communication yeah. is so vital to get the day started properly. And there's no way that we could just meet once a week. And that's with hundreds of people would go to these meetings. And yet it was quite it, effective. It was just the way we do business. And, you know, in fact, we had, we had a virtual team without actually, without actually even putting a label on it. For us, it was just a team. Yeah, we, we were all part put, of the we one team. Put, yeah. We don't put labels on it. I know we talk about big banks and big financial institutions, but they have all these buzzwords. But really, it was just, I'm just speaking to the New York team today or the Hong Kong team or the Perth team or the Sydney team. It's just yeah. it's just the way you did business and we use technology to be enabled. And I think we put this thing about being virtual that um, we've got this impression that they're not part of the team. Well, they actually are part of the team. The reason why they're part of the team is because they're doing a job that they're skilled at where wow. you don't have that skill in and the you, team already. And I think as well, if I think back, I don't know about you, but I, I know I worked on a trading floor. And I mean, gosh, there's no way you could communicate by email. That's like you may as no. well send a letter by mail. I mean, it's too slow. So we did have chat forums. We had video conferencing. We were doing it all the time. So I think in a fast environment like that, if I think about it, it's, it's actually kind of similar as a small, a small business owner running around the place mad busy with a VA in the Philippines. I mean, really, you're so busy that if email, things get lost in translation. It takes too long to get back, to read. You're better off having project management tools um, and then having good communication um, flow, either using, Matt, I know you use uh, Vox, what's that drop, Vox, drop? Dropbox Dropbox. or Slack. Slack, Dropbox, all these tools that you can get quick communication to your team uh, and make sure things are not lost in translation. I think so. You know, part part of the one thing we did the other cert when I did the survey, um, there's about a hundred, just just over a hundred different categories that are classified as virtual assistants. That's everything from web design to marketing to cold calling, the whole the whole scheme. So the whole world of virtual assistant is quite is quite wide. And when you ask the virtual assistants how they differentiate themselves, they're talking about price. It all comes down: we cheap, we cheap, we cheap. And I keep on saying it, it doesn't matter what business you are. 
a virtual assistant is there to complement your business, is there to integrate in your business. When you go and hire a person, you don't hire a person because they're cheap. You hire a person because they've got the skills not only to do the job, but hopefully they can add some innovation and some creativity. Yeah. And uh, to, uh, so they have the same values associated with, it, with, with, with your business. And I think that's really, really important that we don't lose sight. Again, the virtual assistant, the virtual is just the office. The assistant is part of your team. And you want to employ a virtual assistant that's exactly the same as if you're employing a person who's actually sat in your office. Yeah, yeah. With the right skill set. And you need the right people behind you in order to employ those people. And, and just to add to the, the conversation, um, I just want to make a point that I don't think any of us here are saying that email shouldn't be used. Yeah. No. Um, but I think we're all in agreement that email as the primary form of communication with a virtual uh, team member uh, is not a pro- is probably not effective or appropriate, and it's certainly not the recipe for for success with your virtual team. Um, it has its place, and mm-hmm. I cert- and I know that I communicate via email uh, on certain things with my team, particularly when it involves potentially like copying them in on on correspondence with clients or or uh, other suppliers and the like. However, as a primary form of communication. Um, you know, it's it's very impersonal. Uh, emails are read in; they're not always got the right tonality, and they're, they're read in somebody else's voice, not in the voice of the person who's writing the email. So, um, it is a it, it is a very much. We think it's more efficient, but it's actually very inefficient uh, over the long run. Yeah, and the, the other thing for that matter is, you know, because the person is part of the team. When you're talking about where your business is going and where they're developing. Those virtual assistants in Manila will have their own network and they'll go, yes. you know what, we might have someone who can help here. We might have someone who can, or actually, I know someone who's got a client in New York or a client in Sydney that can help you here. So it's a way of networking. And, you know, I talk about um, this different pathways. There's over 30 pathways to network and ways to differentiate yourself. And I think it's really about allowing that person, and it comes back, that person must be part of your team. You must share everything with them because. We don't know how wide their network is either. And that's where I think we see the real difference. Yeah. And look, Gordon, what would you say from your doing the survey, doing the conference, could you sort of summarize for us, like what would be your top sort of three tips or stra- action steps in order to get success, be it, be it as a client or a VAs? Because, you know, you, you're, you were talking to the VAs about how to market themselves, basically how to become yeah. more visible, differentiate themselves. Yeah. But also, if a client's looking to hire a VA, what should they be looking for? So what, what are the top three action steps you could give to our listeners? So I, I, I think that, that one of the things that, you know, I talked about at the beginning is one of them is about client perception is your reality. So really understand what your client is, is, is looking for. And, you know, I, I've used the question of how do I integrate into your business, not just with VAs, but I've taken that into other businesses, physical businesses. And that's a question I ask all the time now, and it's quite a powerful question. So the top tip is to understand your differentiation. How do you integrate? I think is is one thing. Um, the, sec- the second way is to people looking is, is looking at what works for you. And when I look at some of the low scores that's come through and it's come through the, and it's not having someone who's been referred, but you've got an individual need for a VA, right? So make sure that how you're going to look for that VA or what you want that VA to do is very specific for you. So what I say, don't go down a path because other people have, had a, have chosen a path. Make sure you've got the right person for the right skill set on, on, on that side. Um, 
And for VAs, the other thing I say about VAs is um, don't treat them like an expert in a vacuum. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and what I mean, these VAs are extremely skilled, but they're extremely knowledgeable, just like another employee, right? And don't just keep him. Don't just keep him in, in a huddle. So you know, when I look at the business of a VA, the VA is exactly the same as any other business I, I look at. So I think client perception is, is key. I think when I look at the VAs in terms of going out and seeking business and clients seeking business, they um, they're trying to do everything themselves. And I'm saying no, you can't do it yourself. You really got to have get assistance and go and, and go and get assistance. And the other one I've put down is is I find excuses. Because they don't they don't do things because of this or because of that, and I turn around to them and say, "Don't stop believing because others make excuses for doing something." And I think those are the three business tips I give to people. If that's, if that's clear enough for you to to go out and do, the, the world's an oyster. There's a massive world out there. There's a massive world out there for VAs. People are crying out for VAs. You just need to know how you can integrate into the business. Absolutely, and I think yeah, you, in those three points when we talk about client perception, there, I think if you're um, employing a VA or inviting a VA to become part of your team, as the client, you need to be clear on on what your expectations are as yeah. well. I think as much as it's about the VA working out the, the, how they can integrate into the business, I think it's really important for you as the employer to get clear on, you know, what does success look like for this person and actually communicating that with them so you set them up to win. Otherwise, there's this unspoken um, you know, expectation and that never you can't you can't hit something that you can't see. So yeah. I think I think that's invaluable um, invaluable information there and uh, and knowledge. Um, Gordon, is there anything else? Um, just in just in wrapping up, anything else that you'd love for the listeners? That any other particular insights from the survey that you'd love to share? Just in closing. Sure. So from, from a VA from a VA perspective, you know, part of my, my conversation, my, my presentation or the speaking event I did was on about networking with a purpose and how to be visible and and what I talked about was there's 30 different ways to network and there's 20 different ways to differentiate yourself and when I went through you know how do people find the VA um, finding it through a referral was only um, 30% so people did seek on social media and they did things through the web and they did look at um, they were searching elsewhere and they said to me, one of the questions was, well, how do we differentiate yourself? I said, well, I became a speaker and a coach being, because I made myself visible, not because I'm a good, because I'm not a good writer. But one of the things was I got published in the CEO magazine as a expert person, person of expertise. So there's different ways to, there's different ways to publish yourself. And, this, and what I'm finding through my, through the surveys I do is people are being sought not because they're turning up to networking events but because they're providing information they're providing thought leadership into the marketplace so that's one thing i told the va to get out there and start doing start providing thought don't start selling your services start selling your thought leadership and your integration and there's different ways to differentiate yourself right there are 101 different ways to be a va if you are a web marketing va specialist don't call yourself a virtual assistant just call yourself a web marketing person yeah, that's very that's very true. Yeah, because everyone calls themselves a VA. As you say, it's a very broad term. <laughs> what is yeah. a VA? Yeah, yeah. A VA. It comes back. The VA is just the office we sit in. That's exactly. true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not that you are an employee of the business to do that. And for any cl- any prospective employers listening on this podcast, what I'd say to you is your advice is when you bring in a VA, make them part of your team and treat them like an employee. 
and you'll get the maximum out of them that way. Yeah, you. That's I know that's so true. It's like any person really. And Gordon, do you? Uh, you mm. mentioned those. Uh, we'll put links to those um, downloads. Those what is it? The yeah. thir- thirty ways to network and yeah, twenty, 20 ways different ways to uh, differentiate. To differentiate. Yeah, because that can apply yeah. to any business. That's not just for VAs. That's any business at all can use those. You know what? I'll tell you. You can you can go on the web and look at networking and everything else. And it's not about identifying the pathway. It's identifying how you actually go on that pathway and what you actually do on that pathway. Uh, it's a bit like you know when we used to work for the investment banks. We can give people you know twenty tips on how what, what stocks to buy. But actually, when you go and buy and how you actually go and buy the stock is completely different. Absolutely, yeah. So it's not. So it, uh, to me, it's like we've got the ingredients. But the really skill set is how you actually mix the ingredients together to get the right products on the outside. That's I so, think I think I'll, I think I might use that terminology for for how Virtual Angel Hub was born, <laughs> because we actually yeah. the ingredients are all there. It's just I've just been showing people in our business has been built out of showing people actually how to integrate and doing it properly. So that's and your and yeah. your real IP and your real differentiation is that formula. Yeah. And like any and like any good food producer, you're not going to give away your formula. Well, yeah, anyone can have it because I, I always say I challenge anyone to try it by themselves because it is yeah. um, an extraordinarily difficult business to get right when you're dealing with people. You know, people businesses are yeah. very rewarding, but it's 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 a tough gig. Yeah, tough yeah. to get the t- tough to get the formula right. It's like a Master exactly. Chef recipe. <laughs> it is <laughs> the Master Chef of exactly VAs. <laughs> Maybe we'll call ourselves that. <laughs> well, Gordon, thank, thanks for uh, thanks for your time today and your insights. It's been absolutely invaluable and for the listeners please be sure um you know we've got the links below and on on the website virtualsuccessshow.com that you can download uh, those downloads that gordon was talking about and please uh share the show with others and we'd love to love you to uh, write a review also but also write into us and let us know if there's any other specific topics you'd like us to uh to talk about on the show because the show is built about helping you achieve and succeed with virtual assistance. So uh, thanks, Gordon. Thanks, Barbara. Thanks, everyone. And um, we'll see you all on the next show. Have a beautiful week and we'll speak to you all soon. Thank you for listening to the Virtual Success Show. If you found this show helpful, take a moment to share it with a friend so that we can all grow together. Find out more about the inside scoop on outsourcing success by going to our website, virtualsuccessshow.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.